Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. I hope your software privacy policies have been adequately researched and agreed to and any outlying grievances under comfortable investigation with an appropriate local litigator. One man whose grievances are as irrational as they are insatiable is my beautiful co-host, Mr. Ian Morris. How are you this week, sir? That's probably the best intro ever, because yeah, actually, you're right. I am full of uh, uh, grievances and they are uh, irrational. So yeah, yeah, good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm full of irrational grievances. Thanks for asking. It's okay. I'll continue to ask these things. I know that, um, you know, as we were discussing earlier, 14 years... Of working together in some form, um, you've pretty much changed. got me nailed. Is that what yeah. you're saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. And thank you to patrons, including Duncan Bowers, Jeff, and Charlotte, who support us directly for the price of a cup of coffee or a handful of Cadbury's Freddo bars. You can join them, get access to our full-length ad-free show, listen and chat with us as we record live and get our Patreon-exclusive show extra message. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Well, it was a very quiet week for UK-specific tech news, um, but the figures for how many people worldwide are disabling advertiser tracking features on their iPhones uh, is definitely worth some attention and analysis, I think. I didn't check this in advance with Ian, but would you agree with that? Yes. Excellent. Let's continue. As a, rem- <laughs> As a reminder, <laughs> Apple released iOS 14.5 a couple of weeks ago, and in it, by default, apps that want to track your usage for advertisement purposes, uh, like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, Twitter, pretty much all the big ad-supported apps, they have to now explicitly get your permission upfront to do so. Uh, potentially even worse, though, for advertisers is that there's also an option for iPhone users to block any apps from even asking, meaning it's a blanket no, you may not answer to all apps uh, when you first open them. The first couple of weeks have revealed just how many people are choosing this latter option. According to analytics firm Flurry, uh, Flurry Analytics, 95%, about 95% of iOS 14.5 users worldwide are choosing not to even let asks, so not to even let apps ask permission. That's pretty staggering, um, I, I think. I mean, the expectation was always that permission rates were going to be low, but we're really looking at a tiny, tiny number of people who are uh, who are proactively saying, yes, this is okay with me. Facebook, yeah. I mean, Facebook, let's, let's be honest, Facebook's always going to be uh, the case study here because it's got nearly 3 billion active users and about 99% of all of its money, uh, all of its revenue comes from advertising. So any small impact to uh, the efficacy of the ads that it shows its users can and, and have in some instances before now resulted in large drops in revenue for certain things. Now, in reality, 
because there's been a lot of talk about this and I tr I've tried to find some good figures on this. In reality, only about 15% of all people who use Facebook on a mobile device do so from an Apple product, uh, from an Apple mobile device, that is iPhones or, or iPads, uh, whereas 80% access from Android. Plus, of those 15% of people, uh, not all of them are going to be running the latest version of this. However, uh, the impact has been enough to make Facebook dangle a keep the service free as a reason to allow tracking. It's one of the things that it mentions when this pop-up uh, first appears. And this is really significant because it suggests there may be room in the mind of Mr. Zuckerberg for an ad-free version of Facebook, which makes money by subscription instead of advertisements. Now, there are two factors that I think reinforce why this could be beneficial before I throw these to you in. One is that subscriptions to software and apps and services, it's its proved to be wildly popular. We do have subscription fatigue, but there's a reason they're so popular, because they work. Uh, the other reason why this could be beneficial is that Facebook's user base tends to skew slightly older than some of its bigger rivals and thus maybe has more disposable income to pay for a clean or cleaner social media experience. All of this is conjecture. However, I'm curious what you think about this, Ian. Well, they're not actually going to charge, are they? No, I don't use Facebook. Well, they could charge. Mark Zuckerberg, I remember him saying, I think it may have been in when he was testifying in Congress, I think he said that there'll always be a version of Facebook that's free. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd actually really support it charging. I so think would Facebook I. would be a lot lot better of a company if it did have a paid option. And if, and if that paid option excluded literally any way for them to make money any other way, uh, like zero advertising, um, a chronological timeline only, uh, no inserting of news of any kind into it, Literally just a feed of your friends, um, nothing else. I think that would be um, that would be that would be a, a Facebook worth paying for. You know, connect with your friends, stay in touch, see what they're up to. Literally nothing else. You know, maybe marketplace if you want it, but you know, nothing else or, or groups as well if you want. But like you'd have to join them and blah blah blah. So that's fine. But yeah, I think that there's a real market for a service like that. That's all anyone wants, really. They just want a, a collection of their friends in one place where they can sort of feel like they're they're up to date. I mean, they don't I, understand perhaps that that's a myth and that you don't need that. And well, I suppose you do, but ultimately, what's the point of having people that you're so remotely connected to that you can't just text them and ask them how they're doing? I think. If Facebook ever did offer a ad-free, uh, paid-for subscription service, my gut instinct is that it would still want to charge. Uh, it would still want to collect the data. Well, it, it wouldn't be allowed to. Well, it would if you gave it permission to. Well, it would, yes, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that would be reasonable. Because I would say that. I mean, the, ultimately, you're you're quite right. You're you're absolutely right because Facebook is irredeemably bad. There is no possible way that that company is going to bring it back from the, the edge. It is it is a horrible company, and I will dance upon the ashen remains of it when it goes, because it's it's it, it disgusts me. 
the amount of information it tracks that you know the 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 trail of destruction it leaves behind you as as you weave around the internet people just don't realize and it, it's sickening frankly you know i mean i remember reading about when apple first implemented a ban on third party tracking um in um i think it was safari and um and facebook got around it by changing how the how the uh, tracking cookie worked so basically they they had their own first party tracking cookie which was on pretty much every site anyway because they all use facebook like buttons and then one of the other cookies the third party tracking passed data to that thing so they still knew exactly who you were when you were going and but you know between that and location services and all of the other things they know you know all of the tracking it, it it's despicable and if you sat someone down and explained it to them they'd be mortified i think I I would yes I mean in in a way the fact that ninety five percent of people eligible to ta- say no I don't want you to track me uh, have opted for that like I yeah. think that is is decent evidence that that people aren't generally happy with it well, um, and Apple makes it so easy and you know I mean I don't know if mine was on by default but it was on don't track was on mine um, was on too yeah so you know really they they've just hit the nail on the head and it's brilliant and it's it's exactly right I, and I'm look no one is arguing that advertising isn't an important way of making money online and uh you know and facebook is free so it's obviously going to use data um and it, but its overreach is spectacular and this sort of um passive aggressive little note that it sent people i got it as well i i um i i i reinstalled instagram in fact just to get it because I'd, I'd sort of stopped using instagram i quite like I, I kind of like Instagram. It's all right. Um, but I'd sort of weaned myself off it and, and was sort of disinterested. Um, but um, yeah, but I turned it, I put, put, installed it back on because I wrote about this story as well. And, um, and sure enough, I got the message and I was like, uh, lol. I didn't get it because um, the first time uh, that I opened any app that can ask for this, I think I'd already pressed. You'd, yeah. I turned said. it back on again. I think I, I I switched it to per app. I think. I mean, I have I have no objection to services making money, uh, and and free ad supported services. I mean, they've done very well for most businesses online. Um, it's certainly been essential to most of the companies that I've ever worked yeah. for. Um, and and a lot of it is about is about choice. But one of the main reasons that I don't use facebook is because of the the data being collected and so the process or rather the, the potential for facebook to have a paid for model that shows you no ads doesn't necessarily fill me with confidence that it wouldn't be tracking me in case i ever cancelled that subscription and wanted to and then facebook needed to immediately target me with relevant ads uh, which again if you agree to it i have nothing you know no problem with it but i'll i'll vote with my usage i just choose not to use it um but but I do think there's a market for it because a, a lot of people don't care about this sort of thing. Yeah, and but, uh, yes, they don't, but they should. And if it was explained to them properly, I think they would. Maybe. I mean, if I said to you, right, mm. I'm gonna, I, I, so uh, you're, I've got a shop, and as a result of you coming into my shop to buy something that's heavily discounted, I'm going to follow you around for the rest of your life, writing down everything you do. Would you think that was reasonable? I'm not saying that's reasonable. I, I, I'm, I'm a, you're preaching to the converted. It's, that's the reason I don't use, I don't use 
many of these services. It's why wow. I don't use WhatsApp. It's why I don't use um, Instagram. I do use WhatsApp. I'm just a, a, a massive hypocrite, really. Um, I use Instagram through the web mostly because uh, I, I I almost exclusively use it to to follow other people's things. And when you're yeah, in the browser, it's, you get it's no ads, not, and you can control the trackers a lot. <laughs> yeah, better. but it is it is a horrible experience as well. It's terrible on online. I mean, let's let's be honest. Instagram's not great anyway. This is a this is an image focused service that doesn't know how to handle images. What are you on about? It's, it's great. It's great through the web. It's clean. It's fast. They're, they're nice. rubbish quality. The, the tiny little images. It's supposed to be a showcase of photography. They're fa- no, it's not. It's it's so you can take pictures of your doctored face and get people to tell you how much they like your new eyeballs or whatever you've had done. <laughs> it's not for photography. If you, if you want to have photography, you go to. 500 pixels or something yeah i mean all right fair point but you know it it feels to me like it should have been better at photographs than it is it's not even good for photographs on a casual basis really i don't know i agree with you on a lot but but i think you know instagram as a product is it's pretty it's it's a decent service yeah it's um through the web not through the app um anyway point is i think that the market is probably right for uh services like facebook and obviously we've only talked about facebook here really but this is true of so many services the market is ready for versions of these products that are ad free and nice i think an interesting test of this has been apple arcade um because it's recently added a whole load of games that were previously free to play but monetized with micropayments and in app transactions and all that sort of thing and timers to wait for things to happen um they've got essentially made premium versions of those games with all the in-app payment stuff stripped away and those games are just so much fun now because they're really really addictive and fun to come back to every day or every week or whatever but it's not asking for your money and Mm. that to me if you like those sorts of games there's a lot of value there i could absolutely see that value in a facebook in a in an instagram Um, imagine Instagram, two quid a month, but no ads. Even if it was tracking you, I think a lot of people would like it. And I reckon yeah. it'd make them a decent amount of money. The, the problem, we've, the problem we've is... Seen, we've seen the amount of money that... Um, so the, the ARPU, as it's called, average revenue per user, um, and it would probably need to be more than a couple of quid a month. What, what, is, the, what is the average your data is. amount? Um, oh, it's. I think it's... I mean, it's around $10 or something. But I a think month. That, I, I think it might be. A, I think it might be a year... Well, then two quid would easily cover that. Let me have a quick a look at this. I didn't plan on getting quite this in-depth. No, but I think it's interesting. I mean, it's better than talking about the same old thing over and over again, isn't it? I mean, you know, I think I think what Apple's done, I'll fill the gap. I think what Apple's done is really good. I can see why Facebook's annoyed by it. I can see why Facebook thinks it's entitled to that data. And I think that you're right. You know, people don't care. And, and maybe it is a good compromise for a lot of people. Like, you know, no, Facebook knowing where you've shopped is perhaps not the world-ending scandal that I think it is. Um, but I, I like the fact that Apple is... Because Apple products are so expensive, you know, the iPhone is not a cheap product. Therefore, the fact that it, it offers these services where you're not a commodity, I think is very reasonable. Now, okay, you could say that that's fine in, in the context of Apple's ecosystem, but now it's branching out into affecting other businesses. And obviously there is a big court case going on at the moment where questions are being asked in general about apple's attitude now i have no problem with it i i think apple is on the right side of everything and i, I you know i neither think that 30 percent of revenue is particularly ridiculous given that it's a standard amount 
But, you know, this is the thing. You're, you're paying for a premium product. Apple's attitude has always been you're not a commodity as a result of that. So that's a good thing. In, 20, in the third quarter of 2020, so this is like the autumn of last year, Facebook's average revenue per user, I was pretty close, $7.89. A year? Per quarter. A quarter. Yeah. So, so yeah. It's, so, it's so, about I mean, £20 a year. So, yeah. So, a, f- a few quid probably. a month and they'd make that money. Make it three quid and they'd make, a, they'd make more money. But, you, of on, course, on you'll, paper, never, you'll never yes. get around. You, well, yes. But you'll never get around. Well, no, I mean, not even that. It's like, but, you know, Facebook gets out of the ad market. That means there's more ad market for everyone else. So, it gives a boost to other sites. Like, you know, if... if um, you know, part of the problem is that Facebook dominates advertising sales along with Google. There are really only two players. I, I know that App, Apple sells advertising in um, in the App Store that's worth quite a lot of money, but it's still only a billion dollars. I know that's only, but um, and, and projections have suggested it could it could go up quite substantially, um, which again, I don't think is necessarily the right thing. I think actually the, the fact that Apple promotes paid apps uh, or apps that have paid is a bit weird and it, it seems kind of unlike them so there is an argument to be made that they should stop that but um yeah why not charge i, I i'd rather use fewer services and enjoy them more um I, I i mean i suppose i should take a leaf out of my own nonsense and pay for youtube because i am getting sick and tired of the adverts on youtube which are now completely unskippable and impossible to block yeah I, I'm with you there, and I think a lot of people have done, and they're, they're very naggy about that. You, the YouTube ads, very naggy, but I think it does work, and I think it is quite valuable. I've, I, I don't yeah. subscribe to it at the moment, but I have subscribed to it in the in the yeah. In the past. I, I keep I keep thinking about it, and I think the argument for YouTube would be better for me if I if I was perhaps going to switch away from Spotify and use Google Play or whatever it's called, YouTube Music, now because it's included, isn't it? Yeah. So you pay whatever it is. It's quite expensive, though. It's like over 10 quid a month, isn't it? I think it's... Well, the one I paid was £10 a month. And yeah. Mike in our chat room uh, live uh, listening... Uh, that's a strange way of phrasing that sentence. Uh, Mike, who's listening live in our chat room, says, I've paid for YouTube for years. It's so good without the ads. And is absolutely I'm just, right. I'm, 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 ju- I'm just finding it fatiguing at the moment because not only do you have two YouTube ads at the beginning, probably two YouTube ads in the middle and more at the end, you also have to sit through 95 seconds of an influencer saying, today's episode is sponsored by Squarespace. And listen to an ad about Squarespace, which you've heard 50,000 times for a service Doesn't- you're never going to use. I use Squarespace. Well, all right, you use Squarespace. I don't and I never will. I'd rather build it with my own knuckles and fingers, uh, scraping at the internals of HTML and gouging out the JavaScript of content. <clears throat> well, if you have a reasoned and levelled opinion, similar to that of uh, Mr. Morris just, just a moment ago, you can send that to us in the form of an email. Um, Ian is very special. He had a custom keyboard made. It's uh, about the size of a piano, but it allows him to type <laughs> angry messages using only his fists. That's another uh, great business idea. Well, it certainly worked well for you, hasn't it, Chief? Mm. Uh, whatever your method of input, you can send your hate and your comments to UKTechShow at iCloud.com.
Grey's Anatomy, Digital Rights Management on Song Downloads, South African Apartheid, Medieval Witch Burning, and Computer Animated Thomas the Tank Engineer. Where's this going? We all, Ian, have examples of things allowed to go on longer than they ever should. <laughs> Another example, though, would be Adobe Flash. And much like Piers Morgan, Flash just doesn't belong in our world. And Microsoft is finally <laughs> excising the software plugin from Windows 10. The final nail, I believe, in Flash's coffin, which follows Adobe announcing it had reached the end of its life back in December. Ian was writing about this this week and um, and said that Microsoft is going to remove Flash via an update. Um, KB4577586, which I'm sure is rolling off tongs worldwide, <laughs> uh, which is going to roll out uh, next month, according to a blog post. And not only uh, will Flash be pulled from Windows 10, but it's also going to be killed from Windows 8.1, Server 2012, and Windows 8 embedded. That's going to be through some security updates. Um this is not surprising, right, Ian? I mean, we, I, I kind of felt that when, that Adobe Flash was already dead. I, um, oh, Flash I died a long time ago. Yeah, make no mistake. It's uh, It's been out of every major browser for a really, really long time. I think that's why I thought it was dead, because all the plugins have been disabled for a long time. But this is actually, uh, this is the death of it built into into Windows, or at least distributed uh, with with Windows, right? Yeah, you could no longer okay. download a Flash video or, you know, a Flash, whatever it's called, a file, I guess, would be the easiest way to describe it. And then FLV. expect it to play in Windows. An FLV or an FLA. Oh, is it, what's FLA? Audio? Uh, no, I, I think it was, I think it was, I think it was just, maybe it was audio. I don't know. I know that the FLUVs um, were definitely video because we used to well, it upload was, all the yeah. CNET videos in FLUV. Well, it was swoof as well. Oh, that was shockwave, shockwave though, wasn't it? Yeah. No, but it, that's the thing; it wasn't. And so I wrote about this in my article. So yeah. I, 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 I've got this real problem. I, I, I seem incapable of just writing a straight news article, um, <laughs> and have to then reach into the guts of the internet to find, you know, obscure details. But I, I used to work when I was a when I was at university. I used to do macromedia director projects which is a it's it's difficult to explain it to a modern audience it's kind of like a fancy powerpoint presentation but programmed very specifically with a timeline and um you can script things and stuff like that you know like it's it's got it had a programming language built in that was very basic but quite easy to use um and that was the that was the start of it so director was a a cd-rom tool really you'd make cd-roms and then they'd go out and people would use them some games used it um and then um macromedia or no it wasn't macromedia flash was another company's product yeah and it Adobe was swift macromedia. animator yeah was swift i can't was. remember i i did read it earlier in the week but it's, i know they, bro- they, they rebranded it didn't they well they, they did yeah. so they bought director they, and they rebadged went, it you fool <laughs> and um and they and they um so they had director and but director wasn't great for online because it tended to produce quite heavy files um and whilst it could do um what are they called vector graphics it it didn't at the start i don't think i certainly remember when i was using it it wasn't really based around vector so you'd you'd basically end up using rasterized images so a gif or a jpeg which meant that they were very very big files you know i did this presentation at university and it was like five or six hundred megs and this is back in 2000 so that's a huge amount of data 
um, and you couldn't just put that on the internet. Um, so Flash came along. Adobe bought it like they bought Macromedia, and it was very good because it was vector graphics. You could do animation. It was very straightforward. A lot of people really liked using it. It was very popular. I mean, obviously, it's easy to bash it now, and I've read a lot of you know people go, "Oh, it's rubbish. It was rubbish." It was, you know, and I saw I saw some discussion about. I, can't remember it, it's, I saw it somewhere. I can't remember where. Uh, you know, people laughing at the idea that um, Adobe said that it was going to be huge or something. And it was huge. You can't appreciate if you weren't around, if you're young, if you're, if you're under 30, you probably won't have any idea about how important Flash was back in the early days of the internet because it was this yeah. massively lightweight way of producing absolutely brilliant interactivity. And this is before you know, HTML5 was a thing before you could have essentially web apps. You know, we, I'm looking at the show notes. They're in, you know, iCloud on pages. This is this was something that just was not possible back in those days on the internet. So anything you had that was a, a, a bit more interactive was a showstopper. So Flash was very good. It was the right tool at the right time. It, it was a phenomenon for a really long time. Um, obviously, it had its time. And it, and it was eclipsed by more modern technologies like HTML5. And, um, and Apple certainly did help speed that demise, I think, by literally refusing it anywhere near any iPhone and iPad. Flash in my head. I mean, I, I have, like you, I have, I have fond memories of, of Flash because it did make, in particular, it made some of the early web animation hits very, very... Weeble uh, and Bob. Weeble, badger, yeah, badger, Weeble. badger. I'm thinking even earlier than that. I'm thinking, was it Camp Chaos? They did Maybe. a whole load of Metallica parody videos when Metallica was suing Napster. Oh. Um, with James Hetfield. And, yeah, um, as a they giant was, gorilla man. Yeah, there were some, some very early ones. And I remember watching those and never thinking anything of it. It was just, uh, you know, at the time it was it was great. But, but, but you know, looking back, we were all on dial-up modems. Yeah. And those were basically the the streaming videos of the day that that and real media real video yeah. which again was a brilliant technology for the time um, yeah and i think i mean the thing is that that was what flash became flash ended up being um, a video carrier but there's no reason for that because all flash was doing sort of at the midpoint in its life obviously when it started out it was using codecs that were um not I don't want to say bespoke because they weren't, but they had their own codecs that were wrapped in Flash. And then so Flash would provide the playback feat functionality. So you'd have controls that would enable you to stop and play and blah blah blah. Um but all they were doing was taking a video stream and streaming it progressively. Now that might not sound like a big deal these days because progressive video streaming is no big deal on broadband connections. But back in the day, you know, that was a relatively difficult thing to get right. You'd need to yeah. have, you know, you need to be very, very careful about how much data you were throwing at the connection. Um, and Flash, I don't think, provided any real solution to that. It was just a way of delivering video. But it was it kind of short-sold the abilities of Flash, really, because it, it essentially just became how people watch video online, when yeah. realistically, actually, it was it was much more than that. But I guess HTML5 came along, and there was just no need for it anymore. You could do all that stuff in a dynamic web page without needing any external plugins. The, my favorite uh, reason for Flash to die is that um, it means that the websites of uh, restaurants are now usable again. <laughs> because restaurants, more than any other uh, industry, just had this addiction to designing everything in Flash. And if you wanted yeah. to find out what was on the menu, then you, you'd sure as hell better be on a P3 
PC with a decent connection and a graphics card, um, you know, good luck trying to load that in any other way. It was, uh, oh, it, 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 it was obscene. Yeah, obscene. and I mean, oh, you've got to remember as well that, that that actually is a really good point from an accessibility perspective. Like the early Thank days you. of the web were not accessible for people with disabilities of any kind. And, you know, be that the ability to control a mouse or, um, you know, certain sight impairments. Uh, Flash didn't cater to those at all, particularly. Um, and I remember when I worked at the BBC, it was it was one of the reasons it was a very, very... It was very difficult to get something approved in Flash because it wasn't accessible. And the BBC was always very, very thoughtful about accessibility, especially for blind readers. You um, might remember that, uh, and I don't know what it do- how it does it anymore. I, I imagine there are better technological solutions, but um, a, a text-only version of the BBC website has always existed. Like, name another website that has a text-only version. It's NPR. difficult to come up with one. Well, all right, fair enough. But, you know, you see what I mean? It's not common, is it, to, for there to be just a text version? No. I think it's still no. there. I don't know if it's still provided by the same bit of back-end software that it used to be. If you've got an opinion on Flash, if you have a memory of uh, what it was like in the days before progressive video streaming, uh, just package it up in a nice email, which has always been very simple to send across the internet. Uh, just ask the Queen. She sent one of the first ones back in the 70s. Either way, send it to us, UKTechShow at iCloud.com. You're used to hearing the smooth, velvet sound of Nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup, topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an Ian Morris opinion. Supporters of the show at Patreon.com forward slash UKTech enjoy second helpings every week. So pull up a chair find your nearest spoon and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment if you have any allergies please inform a waiter So it's time to jump into our mailbag, Ian. Uh, we had this come in from Mark, who's one of our patrons. He uh, says, I was listening to the unedited text message 236 since I missed the start live. With regards to opening a bunch of new bank accounts, for example, Starling, Monzo, etc., uh, Ian is right. There is an impact on credit score, but for what it's worth, the negative effect is very short-lived, typically two to four months, in terms of opening new accounts. And in the longer term, there can actually be a slight positive effective impact. Typically, a more important thing is not to close your oldest bank account, since the older the oldest active account you have, the better your score. If you guys do have any more questions on this, let me know, as this is basically what I do in my day job. Great as always, Mark. Yeah, could we, have, we could have done t- with Mark's help when I had my Virgin Media snafu. Yeah, well, we were, for anyone who who wasn't listening to our live show last week uh, or our unedited version on Patreon, um, I was talking about having opened a Starling bank account to sort of trial it out, and Ian was worried it was going to have a negative impact on my credit score. But apparently, probably not. No. And my original Halifax from when I was eight years old is still active, so hopefully that's why I don't seem to have any problems with credit. Well, thanks for that very much, Mark. Um, I'll tell you someone who doesn't talk as much about credit scores um, as we have just done. It's uh, Tom Merritt over at Daily Tech News Show, and he's here to tell us what we've been missing in the wider world of tech this week. I'm guessing Apple and Epic. It's been on everybody's lips. 
This week on Daily Tech News Show, Nate was here talking about the fate of Yahoo. We had several revelations from the epic Apple trial, like Walmart's planned gaming service and why Microsoft's game streaming can't work like Netflix. That confused the judge. We also talk about AI that can make movie dubs better. Dr. Nicole Ackermans explains 3D imaging tech tools, NASCAR's new tech standards, and Twitter's tip jar are in there as well. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. He's absolutely right. I was on DTNS last week. Yes. Thank you, Tom. Um, yeah, I mean, the epic Apple stuff we haven't covered on this show. I did uh, record an episode of Extra Message for patrons uh, in a forest next to a giant goose, um, which got a mention in the show. That went out earlier in this week, and I did share my thoughts there on uh, what this, uh, what the trial revealed about App Store advertising and charts within those app stores. Patrons can, of course, get that now. Um, otherwise, listen to DTNS. They're doing a great job of covering the day-to-day uh, happenings in the courtroom in the United States. Um, Ian, I think that's going to do it for now. Is there anything else? Fabulous. Anything I've missed? No, no, I so. No? Okay. Good. Jolly good, then. Thanks, everybody, for listening live. We'll be back next week. And thanks to our patrons for backing us as well. And for all of those patrons who are joining us in our live chat room. It's been a lot of fun. With all that said, see you in a week's time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.